Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick, and we are getting pretty damn close to the end of the year, folks. Um, so last episode with Dr. Nima Moore, we were talking about reflecting, um, you know, personally and professionally. Uh, today, I have Christy Hudson on. She is not a chiropractor, but when you hear her story, you will be like, okay, you get, you get street cred. Because as chiropractors, we either withhold or give our street cred based on how much we think you understand chiropractic. And she gets it. She gets it more than a lot of chiropractors. Um, but getting close to the end of the year also means that we are getting close to our best of episodes. Um, episode, I don't. we don't know. We never really know if it's going to be one episode or two. Um, it was crazy, though, because Kirby was like, yeah. You know, I don't know if we want to like poll. I can give you like the top 15 episodes of the year as far as like download numbers. And I was like, top 15? Holy cow, that's a lot. And then I was like, wait a minute. We put out 52 of these bad boys. Well, I think this is like 50. Um, that's crazy. That's just crazy. So I would love to hear from you um, what your favorite episode has been. Um, you can either send me a DM. Um, I'm sure I'll throw something up in stories too, but like, I really want to hear if there was an episode this year that was really helpful um, or really funny or, you know, whatever it was, I just want to hear. Um, speaking of wanting to hear, you like how I segued that people? Um, uh, this is my listener highlight. So listener highlight is from Rachel Nemi, Nemi. Mm. Gosh. So funny story, actually. Hold on. I got distracted. Last week, I read one and <laughs> I was trying to figure out like it was like Sison or something like that. Uh, I did get a whole long explanation. I think it's from like, a, oh gosh, Sandy, what is your last name? <gasps> hmm. I can't for the life of me remember her last name and it's not in front of me because I'm a terrible host. Um, anyways, I got a uh, a message saying, uh, yep, that was my listener highlight. And she totally like broke down the um, the username. So I just, I think it's really funny when you guys listen and you're like, that's me. And you hear me just butcher your name. So this one's from Rachel Nemi or Nimi or Nimoy. No, there's no O. It's not Nimoy. 
Um, and it says, hands down, the best podcast for my morning walk every day. So thankful for you and all the love, inspiration, and information you share. Um, thank you, Rachel. And I picture you guys who are like exercising out in public while listening to the podcast. By the way, shout out to everyone who's exercising right now. Mm, good job. Um, do you laugh? Like, do you just in public spontaneously start laughing when I'm really funny? Um, and if so, have you ever got caught laughing in public where like people on the treadmill next to you looked at you and gave you a weird look? So I listen to Morbid, as you know, as I run often, uh, not during the Christmas season. I take a little bit of a break when I'm trying not to read about, like think about murder. Um, but I will totally be running and just make this like super like, oh, nasty kind of face. Um, while I'm running and I can just picture anybody who's watching me being like, what just happened? Did that person just have a stroke? Are they okay? Why did, did they get hit in the face with a snowball? Like, why did she just make that face? So I hope you guys laugh. I'll try and be funnier in 2022 if I'm not funny. Um, okay. So today's guest, oh, she's a hoot. Oh, so somebody who you meet and immediately are just like, did we just become best friends? Now I do, I will admit that that happens a lot to me. And I tell you that a lot. And I don't, it's not a lie. It's not a lie. I just really like fun people. And when I meet these fun people, I'm like, yes. Uh, so Christy is from central Mississippi. You will be able to hear it in her accent. Um, she began her journey into chiropractic and profession there and in 2010, Christy began working as the personal assistant to Dr. Ray Foxworth, who is president and founder of Cairo Health USA, and she currently serves as their VP of business relations. She very quickly learned her passion for chiropractic. With her constant, we talk about this, how like she showed up to this interview not knowing it was for a chiropractor. I don't think she had been adjusted before, didn't, had no understanding. So her, she'll, she shares, and like she has a really great story of how she became so passionate for chiropractic. So with her constant desire to learn more and to contribute, she developed what is now one of the largest webinar series within the profession. I am going to be on it the beginning of January, talking about, you know, social media. Um, in 2016, Chrissy took on, Christy, Chrissy, geez, took on the additional role of administrator of the Cairo Health USA Foxworth Family Scholarship. The scholarship awards one chiropractic student $10,000 for tuition, $5,000 cash, and their school receives a $10,000 donation. That's huge. Holy moly. In 2021, Christy became a board member with Cairo Congress. Chi you guys. <laughs> Cairo Congress Cares, a charitable nonprofit that was created to empower, support, and promote the chiropractic profession. If you are, are exercising and you only get like halfway through this episode and we don't, her and I haven't talked about the Cairo Congress Cares thing yet. It's a great conversation, a lot about our profession and how, like so many people have written to me asking like, what's the deal with like mixers and straights? Like, how do we move forward as a profession in this battle and da, 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 da. And like her, the Cairo Congress care, is, like they really have some great answers on how we move forward, demanding, demanding, um, that chiropractic is seen as like the notable profession that it is within healthcare. So make sure if you're off the treadmill by then, you like restart that episode. Up. 
Uh, anyways, Christy has presented for a number of chiropractic state associations and has written a number of articles on the topics of billing, collections, staff training, sexual harassment, and compliance. Christy continues to learn and serve the chiropractic profession and has received professional certification as a certified professional compliance officer, which sounds like a lot of rules and boring to me, but she's fun, so it can't be that boring. So let's pray and then let's get to it. <clears throat> Dear God, thank you so much for chiropractic advocates that are not bogged down in clinic adjusting. We as chiropractors so often think that in order to help the profession, you must be a chiropractor. But the fact of the matter is so many chiropractors are really there to help patients. And so thank you so much for people who are a part of this profession and fall in love with this profession and are like, you know what? You seem really busy over there. I am going to help you carry this torch to the next level because the world needs to hear about this. Thank you for the advocates of chiropractic um, because what we do is special. Every chiropractor, every chiropractic student, take a breath. <sighs> you have magic in your freaking hands. I almost said fucking while I was talking to God. Don't swear to talking to God. You're, you are magic. And you may not feel that you are magic because maybe you don't feel like you're getting your right cervicals to go right now or that you can't do a side posture or that you don't really know what you're feeling on a baby yet and you don't really think that that tonal adjustment is doing that much. Chiropractic is beautiful and you are that tool and it is incredible. And so thank you so much again for everything that chiropractors do to better themselves. Thank you so much for everyone, chiropractors and non-chiropractors involved in advancing this profession because it is absolutely the future connecting people to themselves. It is what is so lost right now. We're so just disconnected from our true soul and self. And it like it's dramatic, but like the world just needs more adjustments to turn people on. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, crew. You're going to like this one. Here is my conversation with Christy Hudson. All right, Christy, welcome to the She Slays the Day podcast. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. It's been like three whole weeks since I've seen you. So. I know, I know. We So for the listeners, I've at, Christy and I have actually gotten to meet in person, which is in podcast world rare, you know. Like, especially with the virtual world and just how easy it is to know people, but not know them. But we were just randomly sat at a lunch together at the WDC conference in Clearwater. Which was so phenomenal because when I found out that we had been assigned seats, I had like a mini panic attack. Like, mm -hmm. you're going to sit me with a whole table full of strangers. And then I sat next to you and it was great. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That is one of those funny I, I don't know. Do you still, you travel, we'll get more of your like background and your stories, but like you travel a ton. I do. You got to see a lot of the same people a lot of times, right? Well, yeah. So obviously just being in chiropractic, I see a lot of the same vendors, some of the same speakers, you know, they're my little traveling gypsy family. Um, and then, you know, there are some people that I see more often just because of the work that they do within the profession. So then I might see them three or four times a year at different events, depending on what it is. 
So then when you're at these events, do you like find yourself wanting to catch up with them or do you find yourself wanting to meet new people? Like what's. I, I'm a class, I'm an introvert. So wow. meeting new people, is like very anxiety, brings so much anxiety to me, which is hilarious because of what I do for a living. Um, you know, I'm in the exact same way. Like you and I have such a outgoing. I feel like people would call us as like outgoing and confident. And then inside, I'm just like, oh, people. Well, and it was funny because last week I was on a 10 day trip to two different states. And on the very last night that we were all together, um, normally in a group setting, it was a group of people that I see pretty regularly. They're really good friends. We were doing like one last two raw dinner before everybody left. And um, Lisa Love Smith from Michigan looks at me and she was like, oh, she hit her wall. It is too people-y for her. And I was like, yes, it is. I have reached. I can't do any more people. I'm done. So it's funny because when my husband goes up, oh, Lauren hit her wall. It's usually alcohol or like gin. I'm like, oh, got to get her home. Dude. It's when I'm like talking that. Has, so funny story. But were you at the Diamonds and Denim night? In I was. UDC? Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's right. That's we talked. I remember. Okay. So that night, um, that was the first time that I've been at an event. Well, I shouldn't say the first time, but like one of the, where like I was a speaker that people, and there was an evening like thing. So like, I go to this, like, yeah, here's my drink tickets. Like we're going to party tonight. And people just kept coming up to me all night. Like, Hey, can I ask you a question? And I'm like, sure. And luckily they're asking me questions. I mean, I'm sure you can relate to this, like asking questions that I know the answer to like the back of my hand, because it's something I'm obsessed with. But one of the last conversations of the night, you know, I, I left, we were Kirby and I walking back up to the room and I'm like, I don't know if I should have been talking shop, um, towards the end of the night. And he's like, yeah, for future, when you're a guest, you might want to like skip out on the after party. You <laughs> find a different spot to hit up drinks. And I'm like, yeah, it felt funny being like talking and working, but like also just drinking. So yeah. So Kirby. Well, I mean, that is one of the perks of chiropractic conventions, isn't it? Like there's always a party with drinks and free drink tickets. <laughs> you know what I'll do is I will just wear a, like a disguise next time. I'll come with like, like a mustache or something and like a poncho and, um, you know, like maybe like, I don't know, I'll come in some kind of a disguise so people won't know it's me and then I can drink as much as I want. Oh, please send me a picture of that. <laughs> I just, you're going to laugh or open your mouth and people are going to be like, Lauren. That sounds like Lauren. It does because is- people are used to hearing you. So they recognize your voice before they recognize your face. That Uh, happened to Kirby and I, when we were in Sedona, we went on like this chiropractic retreat and like, we get there and we're meeting all the group. And the guy was like, wait, can you talk some more? And I'm like, hi. And he's like, I've heard your voice. And I was like, oh, it's creepy. Yeah. That happens to me too. Cause I don't do the podcast, but I do that weekly webinar series. I've done it for 10 years and I'll be talking and somebody will go, oh my gosh, you're that Christy. And I'm like, what? Well, you do have a distinct voice and a, like a fun personality. So yeah, I feel like I'd be able to hear you from across the room. Um, we should tell people who you are. That's a good idea. 
Yeah, I guess we should. Yeah. So you're not a chiropractor. I am not. We love not, I love having non-chiropractors on because I feel like Kairos, I'm sure you understand this. We kind of live in this little bubble of like how we think and view the world. So it's always, and like business. And so it's always fun to like have non-chiros. And so how long have you been with Cairo Health USA? Was that your first like interaction with chiropractors? It was. And what's even funnier is that when I applied for this job, I didn't even know that it was to work for a chiropractor or um, that I was even going to an interview at a chiropractic office until I showed up at the address that was on the door. Um, so it was funny. And I've been there for 11 and a half years. Okay. Like you hadn't been adjusted even? No, I didn't really know anything. You we get just, adjusted now, right? Oh, every week, Monday mornings at 6.30 a.m. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, you have to kind of clarify that because like sometimes I've had some like pretty life altering moments where you're assuming someone's like, well, you've been around chiropractors for years and years. So you obviously get adjusted. Right. And then there's there's been some funny moments where people have been like, no, actually, I'm like, <laughs> oh, then I have to ask why, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I know. I know. So when you, so you get this job for Cairo Health USA that, it, okay. Was it called Cairo Health USA? It was. What did um, you think Cairo stood for? Well, so there was nothing in that. So like the ad, um, which is crazy because I had worked in property management for over a decade. And when a company or a real estate investment trust wanted to sell a property, an apartment community, they would bring me in to build up and make it look really, really good on paper. So somebody would buy it. And then I would move on to the next location. And I just got really burnt out after a decade. And so I was a stay-at-home mom for nine months and I love my kid. I do. He was three at the time. And I, after nine months, I missed adult conversation and I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up, but I knew that I didn't, this sounds so bad. I did not want to clean my own house and eat dinner at home every night because I was a stay at home mom. And that was the responsible thing to do. Mm -hmm. And so I went on Craigslist of all things, like I'd never been on Craigslist before. And there was this job opening that they had just posted for an assistant to a doctor, not a chiropractic assistant, not a doctor's assistant. Yep. It was like a personal assistant to a doctor. That's yep. what it said. Um, and it had some just things that was about organizing because I was really hard to be his personal assistant okay. um, and to do some things for the company. I was their first employee. <laughs> and so I sent him my resume. I went in the living room, told my husband, it's like, that's it. I got to go back to work. Like, I can't do this anymore. I, I just. Had your husband had any warning that you were like, fuck this stay-at-home mom shit is not for me. No, and it was so funny. And he was like, well, he was like, I, you know, things are so much more organized because you're home all the time. And mm -hmm. I was like, I love you, but I don't want to clean up our, I don't want to clean our toilets anymore. Mm -hmm. And I would like to go out to eat every now and then. Like I miss having that extra income. Like I want to go back to work and God love it. I miss adult conversation for real. Like I miss adult conversation. And I was kind of over Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. I said it out loud. Yep. There's nothing wrong with it, but I was over it. And um, so he, when I walked back into the room 10 minutes later, I had a missed call, a text message and an email from him. And the text message said, I'm up late, call me. So I called him immediately. We scheduled. Wait, is this your husband? No, my the, boss. I'm up late, call me. This is a, this is a weird way to start. <laughs> right. Well, he had, he had left me a voicemail 
sent me an email and then he sent me a text message that said, I just sent you an email. I'd really like to talk to you. I'm up late. So feel free to call me when you get a minute. So I called him and he, we scheduled a time to meet like at seven 30 the next morning at his office. But again, no time did the word chiropractor ever come up. So I showed up the next day and I was like, okay, it's a chiropractic office. Like, am I working for the chiropractic office? And where's the doctor? Right. So then I interviewed with him and he offered me the job and I started like three days later and it was just a job to, so that I could go back to work and be around adults and pay someone to clean my house. True story. Um, And it was like, while I was trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up and within like the first nine months, I think I'd gone to a Florida with him uh, to work at a chiropractic convention. And I fell in love with chiropractic. Like you it did. changed my life. Mm-hmm. I, I loved it. Um, in that nine month period of time, I was taken off of a daily migraine medication that I had been on for over a decade and shocker, I still got migraines. Um, so here I am almost 12 years later, I've not taken that medication and I never get headaches ever get a migraine. Um, I'm a foster parent and one of my daughters was incredibly abused. Like she almost died. Um, in NICU. And when I took her in, she was seven weeks old and they told me all of the things that were going to be a problem. She was going to be developmentally delayed, behavioral issues, uh, learning disabilities because of the abuse that she suffered. And I'd never seen a baby with a flat head ever in my life. Like it was like, there was no delineation from Mm -hmm. her neck up the back of her head um, because nobody ever picked her up and she didn't cry at all. Oh, So um, thanks to all the people I had worked with at that point, I'd been in chiropractic about six years Um, and people I knew, they connected me with an incredible pediatric chiropractic. Like I didn't even know that was a thing yet. Um, And he outlined her entire treatment plan that we had done at our chiropractic office. And when I took her back, she was five or six months old for her follow-up appointment at the local children's hospital. And they were so blown away. One fully rounded head looked like a C-section baby. Number two, she cried. She laughed. She was pulling up on things. She was crawling. Um, She was signing to us that she wanted to eat Hmm. while we were there. She was hitting her milestones on time, if not early. And all of the things that they told us were terrible that were going to happen. She was a perfectly normal baby, perfectly healthy baby. And she was thriving. And they were like, it's a miracle. I was like, it's chiropractic. chiropractic. (laughs) You know, it's chiropractic. So all these amazing things happened in this this whole journey in chiropractic. Um, And even at one time, I was so like just so in love with the profession that I thought I would be a much bigger benefit if I could become a chiropractor and a friend of mine who is a chiropractor, a very successful one talked me out of it. Be Okay. I mean, I, I can relate, but I have a feeling like, so why, why did you get talked out of it? So he said that I would have a much bigger impact on the profession and help the profession more by not being a doctor. And he said that there was a certain, like you said, there's a certain slant to that bubble that it, that I could bring a different perspective that would be beneficial to the doctors that I serve. I, yeah. So like, I struggled to even like ask, because like, as soon as you said it, I was like, oh yeah, you know, there, we, as chiropractors, we just want everyone to become a chiropractor or everyone become a chiropractor. And I was like, yeah, but like, 
when you're a chiropractor, a lot of the times we're so focused on our patients and we kind of need some people and they can be chiropractors or not chiropractors who are focused on on us, you know, like Steve Conway, he's a lawyer, but like doing amazing things for Wisconsin. And it's like, no, we need, we need to diversify our, our team members. So you fell in love with the medical side. Well, the health side of chiropractic. What were some of your first impressions? Cause like, I love chiropractors, obviously. <laughs> But we can be weird um, and we can have some like major, yeah, we can just be weird. What, what were some of your first impressions beyond like chiropractic is awesome. Adjustments are great. The nervous system is wonderful. Like what were some of your first impressions with chiropractors? Um, so I learned really quickly. I a lot of chiropractors have ADD, like super bad. Really? Yeah. I have ADD. Why? Well, and I I have ADD, but almost every chiropractor I know has ADD um, or ADHD. I thought I was special. You're not. I'm sorry. (laughs) You're the norm. (laughs) Why do you think that it and like, what do you mean? Like, how do how do you what does that look like when you're meeting someone where you're like, oh, you're not. Well, it's funny. So I have ADD. My son has ADHD. My husband, he is not special like we are. Um, so he has a hard time following conversation with my son and I, because as you know, with ADD, your brain runs a million miles an hour. So we communicate with other people just like us really well, even though it sounds like we're skipping like every third word or we're jumping what seems like seemingly non-relatable topics in a five minute circle we're talking about all that and totally understand each other the people on the outside have struggle with that but with chiropractors they all talk like that (laughs) so you mean like uh to their patients like they just have so much information about like the adjustment and what it's doing that they struggle to communicate it or i don't think they struggle so much to communicate it but they do tend to do um information overload with patients oh yeah you know because they know so much and they want to get it all out right I like to call it show up and throw up and then it's very off-putting if people don't communicate the same way you do you know I always try to tell people especially new chiropractors they don't need to know what you know like especially in the beginning of this relationship because that's really what that is you're mm-hmm. a new patient a new relationship they don't need to know what you know what they need to know is they have a problem and you can help and you've got to keep it simple keep it simple what really brought them in people don't come into a chiropractic office because they're experiencing pain usually they come into a chiropractic office because something that they love is now impeded by that pain. So I want to play with my grandbabies and I can't, or I can't run, or, um, you know, I can't go play golf with my friends or um, I can't wear, in my particular case, one of mine was I couldn't wear my high heel shoes because of my plantar fasciitis. Mm -hmm. Like, what is their pain point? And then let me tell you how I can help. And they say it's pain, but that's not really what it was. It's an activity of daily living got interrupted by that pain. That is a really important way to think about it because yeah, like 
Yeah. They, they want, and what the hope that you can give them is so much more when it's like, you can return them to something versus like, I can make your low back pain better. Well, that doesn't sound sexy at all. No, it's not sexy. Well, and it's not emotional. And I think that that's like the beauty of the chiropractic profession. I mean, even the story of my foster daughter, that was an emotional experience. Mm -hmm. And it was also a huge commitment. My husband and I were taking her to the chiropractor three times a week for 12 weeks. Each one of those visits lasted about an hour, especially with the adjustments to her um, to her skull because it had to be scheduled during a feeding time because there had to be suction to help the plates move of her brain before mm-hmm. it fused together so um you know before she got old enough and it started to fuse together so um it's a it, there's an emotional attack there's an emotional connection that's made because they're missing out on something in their life because of this and that's why people become so they feel very emotional about their chiropractor. You know, I tell people all the time when we have to make changes to things that they've done in their practice, because maybe they're not, they haven't been doing things the right way. And so they have to make some adjustments and their biggest fear always when they make any kind of changes, my patients will get upset and they're going to leave me. Your patient's been coming to you for a decade. They're not going to leave you. They're not. I mean, they trust you implicitly. That's why they tell everybody about you. That's why they bring their spouse to you, their kids to you. It's why they rarely, if ever, miss an appointment. It's because they love you and they have an emotional connection because you gave them something back. You didn't make their pain go away. That's some not chiropractors. Yeah, some chiropractors have that. But like some chiropractors have a PVA of eight, you know. But that's because they show up and throw up. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not, not making that. an emotional connection. Mm-mm. Something that I struggle. So like, sometimes I feel like I get into uh, almost like preacher mode in like this, or like motivational speaker mode where it's not informational throw up, but it's just like, just this big emotional, like, do you understand like the quality of life that is possible for you and sometimes, or like for your child. And sometimes I almost feel like, um, it's a little, like, it's still, it's, it's too intense too of like, okay, listen, you know, and I feel bad. Um, it's really just finding dialing in that day two. And each patient is so different too, where you're like learning to communicate and you're like, okay, you need more of this, less of this, you need more of this, less of this. But some of these people you come in and you just get so excited about them and you just, you just throw up all over them. Well, you do. And I think it's so, it's so easy to get excited. Like I tell people all the time, like I do such a terrible job of talking about the benefits of chiropractic to people who are not seeing a chiropractor because my solution to everything is, Oh, you should go see a chiropractor. It doesn't matter what's wrong. You stubbed your toe, go see a chiropractor, right? Yes. Chiropractic solves everything. Like it will make you feel like so amazing. And um, so like, I'm terrible at it. Like I do such a terrible job because, you know, even I struggle with if people only knew what I knew, they do what I do. My son does an amazing job has always been How old is he? Job. he's 15 now okay um and so he has even when he was like five and six years old like playing you know baseball um you know he'd have a really great game and they'd be you know the parents and the kids would be like great game chase great game and he'd be like i went to my chiropractor i mean like that's all he would say oh. 
That's incredible. Get this guy on a billboard. Um, You know, um, and like when he did Taekwondo and he would do tournaments. So again, at like 19 years old, right before tournament, he would go to, instead of going like weekly to the chiropractor, he would go two to three times a week in the week, the two weeks before tournament. Then he'd go, he'd win his little gold medals and they'd be like, man, Chase, how'd you get so good at that? And he goes, I go to my chiropractor. And that was his standard response. So then parents would come up to me and they're like, did he go to his chiropractor? I'm like, "Uh, before tournament? Yeah, we went like three times this week. Why? Because he performs better. Stay in the game with chiropractic. And then I would tell them about a couple of different celebrities who, like NFL players, baseball players who rely on chiropractic to be able to perform at their highest. So when all of this stuff was going on, I will never forget running into our chiropractic office because it didn't work in the clinic anymore. Um, and I ran in to do something and the entire waiting room was filled with baseball moms from my kid's team and moms from his Taekwondo, because all he says is I went to my chiropractor. And then unless they ask him more and then he only tells them what they like, he only answers the question. He doesn't give any more, any less. Well, it's hard, like, how do we train our patients to do that? So like the reason that is such an effective marketing, the reason your kid's so great at marketing is because people can go like, well, you have nothing to gain from telling me chiropractic is good. So I can trust you. And I feel like a lot of doctors, um, when they, so I am a way better, like in your face, chiropractic is awesome. Have you tried a chiropractor? person when I am away from my town. So like in town, I tend to like, if I'm meeting some, like my, the barista is making my coffee. Um, and she's like, Oh, sorry. I just can't think I've had terrible migraine, migraine today in my head. Like I'm just like going like, "Mm, you should say something you should say, you know, like, and I've gotten way better. Like this is more in the beginning, like the first five years. Now I would say something, but if I'm on a plane, if I'm out of town, I have no problem. I have no shame being like, you should go to a chiropractor. Do you have a chiropractor? Like, have you heard of chiropractic? Because I don't, I, I feel like they will trust me because I don't have anything to financially benefit from it. So I feel like that's a communication thing that doc, like what, what's your recommendation when you talk to docs about getting over that? Because we have to sell ourselves. People don't know. You didn't even know pediatric chiropractic was a thing, you know, like I didn't. And now I'm like, oh, it's like a huge thing, like a huge thing. Um, And one of my passions too, because of how impactful it was in my life, So like, how could it help other people? How many other people would benefit from it? And I think first you have to train your patients on how to tout the benefits of chiropractic. So Um, how do you do that? So say you, I come into your office today and what really brought me into your office today is that I do a two mile walk every morning. And now because of this insane low back issue, I can barely walk them out. And it's interfering with something that is like essential to my mental health and well-being. So I'm telling you, this is what's bothering me. And as you're treating the patient and you're talking about, well, how much were you able to walk today? You know, as we're trying to see how the progress grows at the end of care, you say, now, was I able to help you get back to being able to walk two miles a day? How does that make you feel? 
or you wanted to go gardening or you wanted to go salsa dancing or you wanted to go surfing or you wanted to improve your golf game. It doesn't matter. There's always an activity, right? Something. How does that make you feel at the very end? How did that make you feel? Incredible. Wonderful. Please share that with other people. Oh, you just tell them to share it. Do it. Yeah. If it really was that incredible for you, please share that with other people. Yeah. And then they will. They'll be your best. They'll be your best marketing. They will. So immediately, what are they going to do? Oh, that really is an incredible story. I'm going to go post that on social media right now and tag the clinic in it. How did that, how does that make you feel? Please share that with other people. Please share that with other people. Because it's them centered. That's what um, is really difficult. I feel like asking people to share their story is making it seem like I want you to share your story, not to bring me business. I want you to share your story because there's people who need to hear it. And there are people who are still being told stupid shit by their doctor um, and you can change their life. Oh, absolutely. And there's so many great, incredible stories of how chiropractic changed people's lives. Um, So many incredible miracles. Seeing it is a completely different thing than to just hear about it. But people believe other people. And so if somebody posts that story, they're going to be asked that story. Or if it's a really incredible story, like my daughter's story, who's four, you know, I tell the story all the time about her story and I'll post it on social media in my private and people will message me years later and say, um, can you tell me again how chiropractic helped your daughter? Mm. And then I will tell them, can you recommend a chiropractor that could help my daughter? I live in California. Well, I sure can. Let me give you a list. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. So chiropractors and ADD. <laughs> chiropractors. We and got ADD. a little. <laughs> yep. um, what other things do you notice the chiropractic that chiropractors? I don't I say I would say struggle with. Yeah. Like what is what are some of the things that are holding them back from sharing so much? Oh, so I think to, well, from, you're right. They don't ever want to be, a lot of chiropractors don't want to Mm self-promote. They do have struggle with that conversation. Um, And you, I don't think you have to self-promote really to promote chiropractic because the barista didn't know you were a chiropractor. Right. You could have just said, oh, you know, I know someone who got who suffered from migraines and they got incredible benefits from a chiropractor. I know there are a few locally, you should check it out. But we've all been around some of those annoying people that like, let's just say uh, mushroom coffee, they're selling mushroom coffee and everything that you can't even have a damn conversation with them because they bring up the goddamn mushroom coffee. And you're like, I get it. It changed your life. That's fantastic. So I feel like we're all like just wanting to kind of come across as normal because we're just love it so much. And you're right. It can fix everything. It can fix everything. So you have to like pick and choose like, oh, getting well, stomach aches. Well, I totally agree. You know, there, there's things we can say and then there's things we can post on social media that chiropractic says it can do. We can privately say more than we can post in the public that, but um, until more research is published. I think the other thing that chiropractors that I noticed too, one, I've never met a profession that is so loving and giving and selfless to a detriment to themselves. So a lot of the issues that we have um, in this profession were 
um, especially with like reimbursements and stuff, were brought on by ourselves and our ability to, we want everybody to get chiropractic care. So we want to make care as affordable as possible. So we don't charge enough for our fees. We charge below market value. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we complain because insurance companies don't want to pay us more when we're involved in insurance. But it's like, why the heck would they pay you $200 for an exam that they're paying the cardiologist down the road who's using the same exam code, by the way, when you're willing to give it to the cash patient down the street with no insurance for $25. Right. So do you think that that, I mean, that seems really, I've never thought of that of like, yeah, why would insurance, but they're, they're paying attention to what we're charging patients. Yeah, girl, big data. Yeah, they are. Think about this. So one of my favorite things is I I get on social media as soon as I land in a new city. So when I saw you in Wisconsin, as soon as I landed in Madison, I opened up social media because I look at chiropractic all the time. What pops up for me are chiropractic ads on social media and new patient specials. So when I was saw you that weekend, that wasn't the class I was teaching, but I still screenshot all of those new patient specials. Then I take everybody's name and phone number out, and then I use them as examples of what not to do. Um, when I talk about reimbursement, because a $69 new patient special that includes exams and x-rays, I pay more for my manicure and pedicure. And my and Andy, who does my nails, doesn't have $300,000 in student loans because his first name is not doctor. There is a huge problem with that. You're charging we, too cheap to get them in the door. Oh, my gosh. It is so ridiculous. And so why is it that some people don't value us as much as they value the other healthcare professions? Because we don't value the work that's being done in our offices either. I mean, like it's a, it's just this domino effect. It's impacting reimbursement. It's impacting people's um, perspective about what is the value of chiropractic care. It's priceless. But when we charge $25 and $35 for an adjustment, it's insulting. Hmm. So how, like, what about like with family practice docs though? Because it's hard. So like week, you love weekly, right? Oh, I do. Um, I love weekly. Philosophically, I, my kids have not, I mean, I can maybe count on one hand the times in nine and a half years that my daughter's been born that I, we've like somehow accidentally gone closer to two weeks. And there's like this like panic moment of like, (gasps) when was the last time she was adjusted? Oh my God, I'm a terrible mom. Um, And so then I look, you know, the median income in my uh, community for a household is somewhere around $50,000 for a household. Um, And you know, I have families that the entire family and I want mom to be on. But what ends up happening is, is I get not even the kids. I get dad because he's the one who has to work and she stays home with the kids. So we need him to keep making the money. So like, you know, how do you get, how do you learn to provide the affordable care? Like what's the balance between affordable care and, making sure that you are valuing the adjustment, but doing it at a rate that four people can do it weekly forever. Well, I agree. And since we no longer own a practice and I actually pay for chiropractic care for my whole family on a weekly basis, I get it. I mean, it's huge, huge amount of money. I make a really nice car note at my chiropractic office every month. Somebody's driving a really nice car. 
but I don't go without it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know about, well, ADD kicking in. So there is a balance to it. So there's your usual and customary fees. What is your actual fee in your practice? So if, huh? Say more. (laughs) You just said words really fast that I'm like, usual and customary way. Okay, so in a fee schedule within a chiropractic office, there's the highest fee in your office, which is yes. your actual fee, your UCR, usual and customary fee. So I was using insurance lingo there for a second, right? So if you're in network with insurance or you take Medicaid or Medicare or something and they have their fee schedule. Yep. Right. So insurance, let's just say your adjustment is a hundred dollars. Well, obviously Blue Cross Blue Shield is not paying you a hundred bucks to do an adjustment. They should, if you're listening, Blue Cross Blue Shield, you should. Um, but they don't, they charge you, say they pay you like 40. Um, and I'm just making this up for easy math for those of you who are like, I wish they paid me 40 for an adjustment. But I'm so curious. I haven't been in network with Blue Cross Blue Shield, but like I was like, I think they pay 32, 38. Uh, anybody listening, let, let me know how much does Blue Cross Blue Shield pay now? Well, well and it's yeah. different regionally too. So oh, that makes sense. That's yes. Um, so oh let's just say that. So they're, let's just say for easy amount, they're paying you 40. So you, what would you charge that patient who has a high deductible plan, who has insurance that doesn't cover chiropractic care for children? under the age of 12 mm-hmm. it's experimental yeah well let me tell you how experimental it was mm-hmm. um that part it really checks me a lot right so or they have limited benefits which is everybody um even though we're working on things to change that but what do you charge them if their insurance isn't covered you're supposed to charge them a hundred dollars right you're supposed to charge your actual fee but we don't do that so and we are like, oh, well, you know, a family of four can't afford $400 a week because they can't for chiropractic care. So instead of chart, but they could afford $100 a week. So instead of 100, which is my market value for this area, I'm going to charge $25 in adjustment, which is less than a pedicure so that the whole family can be treated. So as you see, like they're very giving, they want to help everybody, but it's not a good financial or business decision. And it hurts the whole profession as a whole. So Cairo Health, um, the, what we do is we're a contractual network discount, like insurance. Only difference is we don't dictate what your fees are. So you can set up, become part of our network. You set your own level of discount. So your fee is still $100 because mm-hmm. there are people who can afford a $100 a week adjustment and they're happy to pay it. Um, or whatever the market value is. And then you set up a family plan so that it's tiered. So the first patient might be um, 65, the second patient might be 50. And then all children or patients under the age of 15 might be a different dollar amount, or maybe patient zero to five or $1 amount, six to 12. However, you set it up. Like it's all kind of pick and choose how your clinic does it. Right. We have over 5,200 providers across the country and nobody, I mean, I'm sure somebody out there probably has the same fee schedule set up, but I doubt it. Chiropractors, we just, we just like to make, you know, more difficult for ourselves and be, make, make things unique. Well, and what's funny is that it's like so freeing to think, oh, I get to decide how much I get paid, but nothing freezes a doctor in their tracks than having to make that decision. Luckily, Ginger and Heather go through this whole exercise with them to determine like, what is your cost of doing business? How much money do you have to make every time you walk in to treat a patient just to make ends meet? That is a eye-opening 
do you do, can you do you have time to like talk people through like shorthand how they would figure that out because i don't think we figured that out until like five six years in practice because the first you know like you're just not taking so like how do you figure out how much it actually costs you to do an adjustment well it's actually pretty cool we actually have a calculator on the um like an overhead calculator on our website and it tells you exactly where to pull the information from um and knowing you'll access that for oh yeah okay i'll make sure kirby has that link yeah in the show notes then i'm just gonna send this to you right now so you have it um but it really tells you how to take your income and your expenses um divided by your visits essentially and it tells you what it is and it's usually somewhere between it can be as little as 25 dollars as much as 50 dollars. but here's the caveat is very few doctors that we've done this process with are under the $30 mark. Most of them are over. And I can't tell you the number of $25 chiropractic visits I see, which means that every time you treat somebody at $25, you're losing money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a hard, I have talked with chiropractor, you know, it, it is a really hard situation. It's not, I can see that side for sure. And then I can also see like, the side where it's like, I would rather see 500 people a week at $30 instead. Uh Oh, now I have to do math instead of 300 people a week at 50. I I think I might've done that. Right. You know, like, so what does it just like rack your brain when you talk to someone and you're like, why would you do more work for less? Because like you said, one of the things is chiropractors just love, we just love where it's like, I, I would rather make the same amount of money and visit, see more people because then also at clinics or at conferences, I get to brag that I'm high volume. Well, you do, but, and you are helping a lot of people, but let me ask you. So the job that you do, Lauren, is very physically demanding. Mm -hmm. So let's just say you get adjusted regularly so the number of chiropractic visit i mean adjustments that you can give in your lifetime is let's just say that it's only a certain number of them no i don't want to think about that that's so here's the thing it it wears down on your body Uh uh-huh so i mean it could be something crazy like 10 million adjustments but it's still every adjustment is oh okay right Mm -hmm. so you're going to, those 10 million adjustments, would you do them at $30 or $50? And then what's the impact that you have on that? Because again, we have to talk about inflation and all of the crazy things. Like I've been using Heather's pork chop story ever since she said that. I don't know if you were in the room when she was talking about it. Well, the listeners weren't. Yeah. Tell me. So we were talking about, you know, know your worth and know your value. Right. So if you're going to do 10 million adjustments, Lauren, you need to be paid top dollar for that because it's worth it. Right. It's that whole value thing. And she said, you know, we don't we hesitate to raise our fees even so much as a dollar or two. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, right. I raised my fees last year and it was just torture. I just ended up like grandfathering in half of my people. Ford, you're going to you're going to poop your pants. I have so many people grandfathered in because I raised my rate for a month, $4. 
for my, for my weekly wellness went up $4 and I was like, it's just not worth it. Just the extra $4 is not worth the conversation. Well, I know, I know. Okay. Don't look at me. I mean, oh, see, this is exactly what I'm talking about. You are a classic example of what oh, I do I know. all the time. I'm shit. I tell them four dollars every time I interview someone. I'm the worst one. Which is so funny because you know that if you increase your average visit by five dollars a visit, you will make thirteen months of revenue in a twelve month period of time. Meaning you haven't done any more work, but you're making more money. Hmm. And I hate to say this, y'all all decided to become business owners. Yeah. You don't have to feel guilty about making money, but y'all oh, do. I, I definitely amen to that. Um, yeah, for sure. But it is just, we just, we just want to make people happy. Um, <laughs> That's less than a Starbucks, girl. I know, but like a family of five doesn't buy. Yeah, I know. So, Starbucks I have a family five, and you saw me two weekends in a row with a Starbucks cup in my hand. I know. I know. Um, let's shift to research because you've brought it up a couple times, and this is a passion point for you, right? It is. Oh, I am so big on chiropractic research. Okay, tell me more because um, are you involved in like the doing of research part or like what? No, I'm not involved in that part. I am involved in the, let's raise money for chiropractic research. So I'm um, like Heidi Havoc yeah. is doing tons of, of research on pediatric chiropractic in New Zealand. And so if the chiropractors who are listening are aware, like there's a huge attack on pediatric chiropractic on in other parts of the world, not in the yeah. U.S., yeah, but in on the other side of the world, they are dealing with this right now, um, and so they're doing a lot of research to prove that it's not only safe but beneficial for children and moms who are pregnant to get chiropractic care. Um, so I am super passionate. Obviously, I have a pediatric chiropractic is very close to my heart. Um, so I do work with different organizations that do help to raise money for for research, that one being my pet soul project. Um, and then I work very closely with Clinical Compass too. And they work with different research groups around the country to do the clinical guidelines and recommendations. And the thing about research is when there's not enough of it is in healthcare, we have probably some of the least amount of research to prove the efficacy of the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah of the efficacy of the work that you do, which is why we're so restricted about what we can say about the benefits of chiropractic and advertising and social media. Well, we all learned that real quick during COVID. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between what we know and what we see and what we can prove right. um, with research. Um, so I think every chiropractor should be donating to research, um, even if it's $5 a month. I mean, there's 70,000 chiropractors in America. That's a lot of money that could go to fund research to prove the improvement of your immune system, the efficacy for children and, you know, prenatal care and chiropractic. Um, you know, I'm so sick of headaches and low back pain. Like, let's talk about. I know. I think that's why. I mean, I would absolutely donate. I'm not donating to research. Um, and I would, but like the, like through my school and stuff, the research projects they were doing were on low back pain. And it's hard because I was talking, uh, I graduated with someone who ended up working with the university of Minnesota and like doing like 
being involved more in research than seeing patients. And I was talking to her and I was like, uh, boring. Why are you researching low back? We've already proved like we, we already have research. We can do that. And her response, I still didn't donate because it's still boring, um, was like, no, we actually don't. And I was like, are you joking? But I would love, so you said clinical compass. Is yes, that- the clinical compass. And so they do like the clinical guidelines. They work with a lot of researchers. Um, they, to help direct, like what is the next research that's going to be done in the profession? They work with so many different organizations. Um, and is Heidi Havoc in, like included in that? Like, so if you donate to clinical compass, will Heidi get like, funded or is that a separate that's like a separate thing and i'll send you the link so you can donate to heidi havoc research specifically because it is again any research no matter where it's done in the world for chiropractic benefits all of the chiropractic profession Mm -hmm. now granted the largest number of chiropractors live in the or operate in the u.s compared to the rest of the world but the research that they're doing is absolutely going to help us improving all of these things, wonderful things that we know and to get insurance companies to pay for chiropractic care for children under the age of 12. Um, and I will say this about some of the stuff that has been done. Um, several years ago, United Healthcare issued, you know, in one of those 40 page updates, newsletters they send out every month that never has anything about chiropractors. So we never read it. Um, that they were no longer going to cover chiropractic adjustments for the treatment of headaches. What? Yes. See, this is what everybody says because nobody ever reads it. Because it's like a spam folder, right? Luckily, a handful of people did, and they contacted their state associations who contacted Cairo Congress, who reached out to the ACA and the ICA and the Clinical Compass. So they wrote one letter to the president of United Healthcare. It was signed by everybody. Clinical Compass was able to get the research. Um and submit it with the letter that said that proved the efficacy of chiropractic adjustments for the treatment of headaches. So before that ever went into effect, the president of United Healthcare overturned that decision. So they never stopped paying for that. Mm. So how important is research to this profession? It is huge, huge. How is, so, okay. So how is it going for our friends down under? Um, That battle has been going for because like Australia also, right? Australia yeah. and New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, how is that trending? It's been a while since I've talked to Heidi, but I will say that she's also the uh, chairperson for the future of chiropractic strategic plan in research. And that is a huge focus for her. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully fingers crossed. Um, you know, they've been in quarantine for forever. That I think from what I understood from some mutual friends that I was with last weekend, that Heidi might actually be able to leave her house like in the next month, like staying within the country. Yeah. It's been two long years since Heidi's been in the U.S. It's devastating. Um, but she's actually should be able to, they're lightening up their, their restrictions. So she should be able to leave her house and get back to business. Um, she hasn't been able to leave her house. I don't think so. I think it's like really hardcore from what I understood and what they're going through there. So she'll be able to like start venturing out. Research has all been on a halt because of COVID. I think so. But I mean, that makes sense. But she's been working with people like all over the world and outlining the what is the important research in pediatric is important worldwide. You know, Lona Cook. I do. 
Yeah. So Lona is only 45 minutes from me. And um, Lona and I went to school together and are good friends. And like, I know right before COVID hit, like, because Lona has a doc in the school adjusting kids. And so they had all of this amazing data that was about to get like finalized at the end of the school year to submit to Heidi and March of 2020 happened. And so like, so yeah, there's, there's, it's, it is good to know that while I am being a Debbie Downer and you know, a pity party because that new patient canceled because they decided that now was just not a right time for chiropractic. And I'm in a bad mood that there are people thinking bigger for our profession. It kind of comes back to, I'm glad you didn't become a chiropractor. Oh, Although I bet you would give a great cervical. <laughs> I can tell you, there are so many people who are thinking about the future of chiropractic. There literally is this strategic plan that is we've been working on for 18 months for the profession of what does chiropractic look like in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years and what do we have to do and all of these amazing organizations are donating to fund these projects to support the profession that are working on being able to get uh, Medicare parity so that we're paid just like any other healthcare provider for every service we provide in our office. Why is it that you shouldn't be paid or why should a patient have to pay for an exam and x-rays in your office, but they don't at another healthcare practitioner? It's absolutely insane. So we're working on that, um, funding the research to prove, you know, the efficacy of chiropractic care for all sorts of things, you know, and, and prioritizing what research has to come first. You know, and then it's going to take people getting involved when we start, you know, doing that research. There's so many incredible things going on. I'm trying to think. Um, I have a big question. I have Mm -hmm. a big question. So you were talking about how you've been working on 18 months on the strategic plan for advancing. Um, When you said that, I thought, oh, I bet they get in fights. I bet there's a ton of fights within chiropractic, though, about what the plan should be. No. Okay. Because from an outsider who's not doing the heavy lifting within the profession, I feel like, uh, I don't know, just for lack of better terminology, we'll paraphrase and use the whole like mixers versus straights. Like (laughs) I could see people being like, we need, you know, I don't want to pay for research on stress and anxiety within the nervous system. I want to see functional degeneration, blah, blah, blah. So have you ever heard of the 80-20 rule? It's like we only have to like 80% buy-in, like you don't need 100%. And the whole purpose of the strategic plan is unity without uniformity, meaning at the heart of the matter, we are all advocates of chiropractic care. We believe in the power of the adjustment. Forget arguing over terminology, right? Yeah. And then... So, okay, so we all agree about the very specific threats to our chiropractic profession. But there are chiropractors who don't believe in pediatric chiropractic. There are, you know, and that's okay. Here's the thing is, it's not about whether or not what you do is right for, you know, Dr. Dan, you know, two states over, who has a completely... Yeah, you know, he has a completely different philosophical idea about chiropractic and and he operates completely differently. But at the end of the day, you both believe in the power of the chiropractic adjustment. Number two, y'all both agree that chiropractic is unfairly scrutinized compared to other healthcare practitioners. Mm -hmm. That 
most of the time chiropractic is the redheaded stepchild of healthcare, Mm -hmm. right? But no, we are the solution to the opioid epidemic, right? Mm -hmm. Drug-free pain, you know, um, we are the solution for so many things. Like wellness is where this, the world is headed, right? Not, not fixing illness, wellness, focusing on wellness and well care. There's, so there's a lot of stuff that both sides agree with. So it's about focusing on the things that bring us together, not the things that tear us apart, which is, like I said, the whole, like the mantra of that strategic plan. And I think it's part of their mission statement is unity without uniformity. So we're going to do what's best for the chiropractic profession as a whole. But Dr. Dan is not going to impede on your ability to be a pediatric and a family mm-hmm. chiropractor, whereas he has you know, only does chiropractic adjustments, doesn't believe in therapy or anything else, but, you know, whatever, he's a straight chiropractor versus, you know, Dr. Foxworth, his office was in a spine center with spine surgeons, a full PT, like it was, it's, it's a giant building and they all work together, right? So that's multidisciplinary at its finest, but the work that all of you do still helps promote the chiropractic profession. How you operate is completely differently. Your views philosophically might be a little bit different and that's okay. And that's this okay. is about the profession as a whole. Like what are we doing to help the profession as a whole to not just survive, but thrive into the future. Unity without uniformity. Me, I think our the U.S. could use that as a slogan too. Like I've just kind of always thought it was kind of, ridiculous whenever I talk like when somebody will say something like we all just need to get on the same page and I'm like that's not going to happen certain people went into chiropractic because they saw their child come back to life metaphorically or literally with chiropractic you cannot tell that person that a kid should only be adjusted this many times other people went into it because they it stopped their football career and it brought them back to life in a sport and it's like you can't expect those people to like be exactly on the same page and like so I I I like that I like it a lot I and it also gives chiropractic more like I don't want to say variety um you know what am I looking for? Like, I just think that so many people get so stuck up on like the chiropractic experience being the exact same, no matter what office you're in. And it's like, is that, our, is that really like going to help? You know, I think us fighting is what's the problem. Well, it makes me think of, um, you know, Margie Smith, when we were all in Florida and she talked about, she's like, why would you not want your practice to focus on what you're passionate about? You're passionate about treating families and children. Why shouldn't you do that? My friend Jay is passionate about treating athletes, right? So he works with professional sports teams. My friend Cindy is all about functional health and women's health. Like the stuff that she does in her chiropractic office would blow people's minds. Like she is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And what an incredible opportunity that I have as an outsider to be able to be introduced to all of these different people throughout the almost 12 years that I've been here. And it was a long time before I understood straights and mixers. Like I didn't even know what that was, right? but I was exposed to all these different types of practice, people who specialize in concussions. And um, it's just unreal, all of the miracles of chiropractic. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the way any of y'all practice. 
why not focus on what you love? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the one thing you all have in common is a chiropractic adjustment. Mm-hmm. And that we we would like to be able to do with our degree what is we want a large scope so we can do with our degree what we want. And yeah, oh, you are just a treat. I enjoy talking to you so much. I'm excited that we are going to get to talk more on your your webinar. Talk about your webinar series so people who don't know already. Well, I had this big plan to turn it into a podcast and then I got hater mail by my large audience because they're used to it being a weekly webinar. Um, but every week, every Tuesday at 2.15 p.m. Eastern time, I have a different guest and we talk about everything um we talked about women's pelvic issues like two months ago and then the following week we talked about abn forms so it's like you never (laughs) yep it's like i mean honestly your webinar is like my podcast where it's like we're gonna talk about whatever i feel like talking about who have some of your favorite guests been so like if people want to go like listen oh yeah and they're female well i was gonna say there um there's an archive so i would say Chris Petruco, Napoleon, Cindy Howard are like two of my favorite guests. Chris Petruca? Yes, she is a professor at Logan Chiropractic College. Both of them work with, um, they're very big in like women's health topics. So Cindy does a panel discussion in Florida on, it's like, let's talk about sex. And it's about sex, health and chiropractic. It's hilarious. It is. It's absolutely hilarious, Um, but it's very educational and people absolutely love it. So both of them have been, I'm trying to think. um, What was Cindy's last name? Cindy Howard. Howard. Yes. She's hilarious. I'm trying to think. Um, I have Fab on like two or three times a year, Fab Mancini, mostly because sometimes I think everybody just needs a little bit of motivation and uplifting. Um, it's funny that people have very, um, distinctive feelings about him and it's like, oh, you don't really know him then. (laughs) That's what I'll say. Well, no, I just know of him. Well, if you meet him as a person, there's something very soothing about his soul. Like you're, it's like a warm hug every time you see Mm -hmm. him in person and he's very motivating and uplifting. And we all have down days. We're like, why am I working in this nutty profession? Or I'm frustrated. And he always just has the right words. Like he's just very uplifting. So I have him on a couple times a year. Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, next month I have Dr. Michelle Turk, who's going to be on there. Um, and then Heather, they're both going to be talking about what they talked about when we were at the women's unconvention. Unconvention. Yes. I'm super excited. And then we start the new year off with you. And it's so funny. It is so random. I'm looking at the schedule and it's like, we're talking about social media marketing. The next week we talk about personal injury patients. The next week we talk about your taxes, your tax liability as a business owner. And the next week we talk about um, the, like, how tough it is to hire in this new world. Um, And like, what are really causing the problems? Like, why is it that we have more jobs available than we actually have unemployed people? There's not enough people to fill the open jobs in this country. Well, I had an episode with Melissa Kolb. I don't know, probably four to six months ago. And she was just talking about specifically within associating, like how, I mean, I, I could probably from the top of my head, think of 10 chiropractors I know who need an associate. Oh girl, me too. And it's just like, 
it's, you know, and she talked about how there's not enough graduates to even fill the amount of associate and most of them want to go open their own. And so, yeah, it's, it's difficult. When I teach, I'm a guest speaker at all the colleges, like once a quarter or once a trimester. And the first thing I ask is how many of you want to open up your own practice right out of school? And they all raise their hand. By the end of my class, I'm like, how many of you still want to open up your own practice? And like one kid will raise their hand and say they do. Um, And I'm so excited. I wish I could say more about it, but I'm actually working on something with the Foundation for Chiropractic Progress to help all of these doctors connect with students as potential associates and then providing that training. Cause we always joke, I'm like, well, but do they know what to do? Like when they hire an associate, like the training process, mm-hmm. you know, how to pay them and all of this stuff. Cause you want it to be a really good relationship. And it's part of your exit strategy too, right? Mm-hmm. Like you need somebody to take over your practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. right. So I only have 10 million adjustments and I think I'm like four into that or something. I, I wish you got plenty of time. Okay, kids will graduate from chiropractic school before then we're good here oh no they will they have told me very clearly and obviously they're seven and nine so like I'm not banking on them not being chiropractors but I think from the from the time my oldest could answer the question or like that I would be like so what do you think you want to do with your life she her answer is not be a chiropractor and I'm like what am I doing wrong like do you know how cool this profession is so we'll see we'll see well it's okay because my kid was probably seven when he told me he was going to be a chiropractor and then he wanted to be a youtuber when he grew up I was like what college degree do we need for that one but then he's 15 now and he's now back on the I want to be a chiropractor and they have an entrepreneurial like track at school like he was going to do health sciences. And I was like, no, 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 no. You need to do the one for business ownership. Eventually you'll own your own business. Every project he has done for the last two years, his business plan was chiropractic. All of his marketing is chiropractic. Um, everything he does is for his chiropractic. His counselor was like, I didn't know anything about getting into chiropractic school. I actually had to look it up. And I was like, don't you worry about that. I got it covered. <laughs> but it's just been interesting that Here's a guidance counselor in a high school in Mississippi who knew nothing about how to help a student become a chiropractor. But my kid, that's all he ever tells her is I'm going to be a chiropractor. Oh, so great. So great. Okay. So we are going to have, um, we'll have the overhead calculator mm-hmm. as a link. Um, we'll have, send me some links for the compass. I already forgot. Yeah. So I have ADD. <laughs> research send me some links we will have the links that we discussed in this podcast in the show notes um and go binge listen how can people find the webinar series is it on facebook um it is they can find it on facebook um we post it in the car health usa facebook page they can also go to our website and if they're new to it and they want to see what we've done there's actually an archive link and they can go and search by speaker or topic okay if they want to recommend a speaker or topic, I am so down for that as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, you said you've been doing this for how many years? 10 years. 10 years of a weekly. Mm-hmm. You were like the original podcaster within chiropractic. I guess. Well, and it's so funny because I was like, I, I want to be like a legit podcast, but people like it. So you just got to stop telling people that they just tell them you don't use PowerPoints. Well, so I did start telling people that to make it more conversational and we're going to convert all the weekly webinars into podcasts. Yeah. So, so. Well, thank you so much. It was, it was great to see you again. I don't have, I'm not traveling anywhere within chiropractic, but I'm sure where's, where are you going next? Um, I'll be in Naples next weekend and then I'm home. 
for the end of the until the end of the year. And then next year, it's like Kentucky, Panama City, Florida, then Parker, Vegas, Montana, San Diego. I mean, I'm all over. Yeah, I yeah. When we talked, you I mean, it sounded like you were pretty much on the road 45 out of 52 weeks a year. It seems like that, but it's not too much. I'm going to be doing a lot of college visits this year, I think. I don't know. We're, my focus is changing. I'm too involved in so many things right now. So. <laughs> I know. I think you mentioned like four things on this. I'm like, oh, you're also with that? Okay. Okay. So. so. All right. She Slayers. Um, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Christy Hudson as much as I did. Go binge her, her webinar series. It sounds very similar to... She slays stuff, so I bet there's a lot of awesome topics. I'm going to go steal some some speaker ideas from it. And um, But yeah, thank you so much for your time, love. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> All right, She Slayers, until next week, bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast, and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.